Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Truth About Trucking, live, hosted by Alan Smith, a 30-year OTR veteran, business entrepreneur, and motor carrier transportation consultant, specializing in assisting students and new drivers, and pushing forward to raise the standards of the trucking industry. And now, live from beautiful Citrus County, Florida, here's your host, Alan Smith. everyone. Thanks for joining us this evening on Truth About Trucking Live. Today is Thursday, March 4th, 2010. Welcome to our show. Coming at you live from the Sunshine State. You are listening to the Premier Trucking Call Show video. And we appreciate you spending a little of your time with us. I'm Alan Smith, and joining me this evening is co-host Barry Stutsky. And we are going to be looking at crime against truckers, which are on the rise, not only in the United States, but globally as well. And we always welcome your participation in the program. To be a part of the show, all you have to do is just call 347-826-9170. And we're going to take a look at some of the crimes that have and are taking place against our nation's truckers and what the main categories of freight are that are being targeted by these highway hijackers, and most importantly, what drivers and trucking companies alike can do to help protect themselves against this growing problem throughout our country. And I also want to spend some time uh, to look further at the Second Amendment right and what you think about truck drivers being able to carry firearms with them in uh, light of these cargo thefts increasing and greater danger and harm to the drivers themselves. And so uh, so join the conversation this evening on Truth About Trucking Live, 347-826-9170. We'll get you live on the air. So, uh, hey, Barry, welcome back. How How's life treating you? It, it's treating me very well today, Alan. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, at least we got some of the sunshine back here in the Sunshine State. Yeah, I'm still. Uh, I'm still trying to catch a guy to stall our CO2. <laughs> I can't get the ice. I can't get my head wrapped around 30 degrees in March. But I guess that's pretty warm compared to some places, you know. Yeah, I catch myself complaining some, and then I remember our our friends up in New York and Pennsylvania and all through up there. So I guess we uh, uh, shouldn't shouldn't complain. Nah, we got a lot to be grateful for. Anyway, it's going to change in a couple of days, and the tomatoes will start to grow. So we we got it made, Alan. Yeah, yeah. You're watching those tomatoes. I mean, you're uh, you're the host of RelyOnYourself.com, so you're you're the uh, you're the master when it comes to all that. But hey, you've been trucking now what thirty thirty four thirty four thirty five years. As of uh, February or January, uh, January actually, yeah, thirty five years. So okay, been... 35 years, I've got 32 years, so we're going to try to put our heads together and hopefully we'll have a, 
some uh, people to join in with us, and we're going to look at this um, crimes against truckers. It's making the news uh, almost everywhere you look here recently. Um, so when it comes to this rise in uh, these crimes, um, we should first look at what determines the type of freight that will be targeted most often, and obviously uh, a great part of this is determined by the rise in the price and demand of certain commodities. Uh, you know, for example, if the price and demand of steel was to go up, let's say, you would see a higher rate of theft for this product and so forth. So, so what are we seeing today? It all it all comes down to the global economic crisis that everyone is facing these days. So. Uh, the products that are being targeted the most uh, right now are pharmaceuticals, uh, electronics, clothing, apparel, and food. And uh, pharmaceuticals are the least stolen out of these, but offer the highest payout, with, uh, with many truckloads being worth in the millions of dollars. For example, in, uh, I believe it was in 2007, uh, two trailer loads of insulin was stolen, which was worth $30 million. that current events can increase highway robberies can help truckers and companies be more aware of potential threats and uh, threat really maybe is too weak of a word really because to understand these highway jackings better you have to understand the inside dealings that are going on it's it's much more than just a few thugs deciding to rob a trucker of his or her goods these cargo thefts are a much bigger and complicated matter. In fact, it's an international business, and the, the hijackers most often are not just out for the goods, but they use the goods to finance their main business, which is most often in the drug trade, but, but it can get worse. In, um, in California, for instance, violent gangs uh, with leaders out of uh, El Salvador have been known to finance their activities through cargo theft, and in Canada, a uh, Chinese crime organization has been linked to several reported cargo thefts. And Mexico, as we all know, is all, always seems to be in the uh, middle of a serious drug war, and cargo theft is used by competing drug cartels out of Mexico. And, um, and get this, various, various organized cargo theft rings right here in the United States are being funneled back to terrorist organizations such as Al-Qaeda and Hezbollah to fund future attacks against America. So um, last year alone, 2009, 859 truckloads with goods and merchandise totaling $487 million were stolen. So, so this is big business. So, you know, Barry, when we hear about truckers being robbed of their freight and so forth, uh, th this is no game. This is serious stuff. Yeah, it is, and, it, and it's increasing. It's well, like you said, it's increased by sixty-seven percent uh, from '08 to '09. So that's a massive increase in one year, and uh, a lot of it's organized. The FBI has seven 
total of seven task forces assigned to it, and uh, two of them are in Miami, by the way. I thought that was interesting. There's six cities and seven task forces to give you an idea how things must be down there. Wow. But uh, what 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 they're saying is it's very organized, top-down operation. A lot of it. Now there is random stuff, and there are uh, unfortunately uh, some of these uh, situations that have occurred in the past several months are rookies, you know, but uh, they're all very organized. I, I noticed that Texas is uh, 68 instances in Texas. And to give you a reference points, California is 16, so the idea that 68 happened in Texas and only 18 in California tells me that there's something very organized going on, and it involves, uh, obviously, drivers. It involves experts in uh, taking down the uh, security system on the truck. You know, I, I know there was hot wire in the, the tractor, if they're going to take the tractor and involves, you know, they're not stupid. They know how to shut the GPS off. If there's yeah. probably ways of hiding it, but they they're focused on that. So, and a lot of the goods that they're going after these days, believe it or not, is food, which they believe is tied into economics. Uh, so they're pretty organized. I would say in Texas, at least, they're pretty organized, and, and some other places. And the concern that the FBI has is that it takes a lot of time to to, to catch them because uh, because of the fact that they're going after goods that aren't necessarily serial numbered or anything like that. So uh, r really, according to the FBI, is if you know if it's in a box, they might take it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Well, also understanding how they operate, and because really the key here is to, um, it really all boils down to one word, just awareness, being aware of your surroundings, being aware of what type of freight they're looking at, being aware of the shippers and receivers. Uh, I mean, I know I've never had any problem with it. I, I, I do know that I have been followed before, and I was followed out of um, El Paso one time, uh, it was just very obvious they were following me because I would slow down, they would slow down, they would, I would speed up, they would speed up. They pulled up beside me one time. Now, this is running out of El Paso across I-10, like back to Dallas or something. Early in the morning, 2, 3 in the morning, uh, they would pull up beside me and, and point back at my rear axles like, like I had a flat tire. Well, I knew I didn't have a flat tire, and even if I did, I knew that I had 17 other wheels to roll on. And another time, a kind of a scary moment really was when uh, I loaded out of um, a shipper there in the uh, city of industry out of California there in the L.A. area. And there is a lot of high-value products that come out of there. And um, I was loaded with, um, I think, uh, DVDs, I think, or I remember specifically one time I was loaded with a load of uh, Barbie dolls, believe it or not. But... <laughs> And you you know, kind of chuckle, but that that trailer load of Barbie dolls were was worth over a million bucks, <laughs> and and I actually and I had them you know just follow me. Of course, I didn't stop. I just kept rolling. So awareness, I think, is a big key. But like you said, Barry, they are getting more sophisticated and and organized. And if you look around California and Texas down along the borders. Uh, a lot of stuff is going on there, but it's branching out uh, really all over. So, uh, yeah, you know, the, go ahead. The cheapest, the cheapest load they stole last year was twelve thousand dollars. Now I can't imagine what only cost twelve thousand dollars. You, you know, it must have been a scrap cardboard or something. So that that had to be a random thing. The most expensive load from the information I got was three million. So, 
you know, you can see where a three million dollar payoff is uh, is is worth some, some very sophisticated operations. Oh yeah. So, uh, well, yeah, one well, of I... the things, one of the things that that is really a big help is something you just mentioned is paying attention. And you know, I I, I mean, there's been times. I think all truckers, you know, you look in the mirror and you're like, man, I was going 70, now I'm going 60, and this guy behind me is doing that for 100 miles, and you begin to wonder. You know, you might get paranoid. But one of the best things that they suggest that a driver do is, when possible, because it's not hard. You know, if you're loading out of an electronics warehouse, they know what's on your truck, so they don't have to be specifically targeting you. They know you just picked up a load of something that they want. Right. to go at, if you can, you know, it's not always possible, but go at least two, three hours, because if they are planning something, they, you know, you're 180 miles down the road, and there's a, a, lot, a good chance that after an hour or two, they might drop off and go find someone else, because it's not, they don't want to get that far out of their zone, especially if they have to fence the goods and get them to a warehouse in a hurry. So, uh, well, you know, see, that's a good point, because understanding their MO, understanding how they operate, because there are random you know, random uh, uh, crimes taking place, but if we're talking about these uh, well-organized and sophisticated crimes. They uh, they know where the high-value products come out of, and they'll they watch they watch the area, they watch the routine, they watch the carriers. Uh, they can even get to know uh, sometimes just the drivers who come in and out of there. They know. They feel, I mean, they're watching, and they know that they're establishing the route. And uh, so just just simply being aware of this. And when I went into, like, the city of industry somewhere, if I knew I was picking up a, a high-value shipment, I made sure the tanks were full. And, you know, I, I could go 1,200 miles nonstop if I had to. I mean, I didn't live in fear. I don't think we need to live in fear. But awareness is a big, big key in this thing. And... And um, and just knowing um, knowing what you have and knowing that you know at any given time you know there there could be people watching you and just like you know we've said sixty seven sixty seven percent increase over one year time is staggering. Yeah, it's massive, and that that's another thing as far as prevention that you said. If you had your uh you know, they might be banking on the fact that you're going to leave the electronics warehouse and go directly to uh, the, the nearest truck stop, and they could be set up just for that reason. So, I mean, if you knew you were picking up something uh, high value, you could have your tanks full and be able to take a pretty good ride. And that that would discourage a lot of it, you, you know, unless they just happen to be sitting at their local truck stop hoping for There was a load of toilet paper taken, by the way, so I thought, boy, I don't think they planned that one. You know, it's almost like that was a random event because I can't imagine uh, – be- being after that well you know it that goes back to um, economics uh, whatever the economic crisis is and like I said it's a global problem so I mean you know just like the earthquakes recently uh, toilet paper could come in very handy with earthquake victims so uh, current events can can um, decide on exactly what they're looking at and if you have to, you have to understand their mode of operations i mean a lot of these more sophisticated ones they uh, they plan this stuff months in advance i mean they will have a trailer another trailer already stolen and and parked somewhere to offload it they may already have a warehouse somewhere to drive straight to and and unload it and so understanding their mo and their their operational means uh, can also help companies, uh, you know, further protect 
uh, their freight and their trucks and stuff too. So um, just understanding that this isn't most time these really large things are planned out well in advance and they have a warehouse already ready. They have another truck sitting somewhere already. So awareness is just a big key in this whole thing. Yeah, well, there's, there's definitely with the sophisticated operations, there's, there's a hierarchy involved because you, you got to have, you know, uh, whether it's regional or national, you're, you're taking a whole truckload of uh, of goods. So yeah, you have to have uh, a warehouse to take it to. You have to have lumpers to throw it onto another trailer. You, you have to have, you, you know, you have to have obviously someone to get the truck started unless it happens to be a, a one that someone left. Uh, you know, without a tra- tractor under it. But there's a lot of specialists involved. So as far as the sophisticated operations, I think part of it would be knowing what it is that they're targeting these days. There are organizations out there, I want to say LoJack or somebody like that, there is data available for trucking companies to monitor what is it that's being uh, more targeted than others, so possibly they could alert their drivers that, hey, you, you know, you're taking – I know shrimp for a while. I, I know people who were running reef trailers shrimp. They they were getting escorted from Miami out at least in 95. They were actually escorting them because it was that big of a problem uh, to make sure that at least they got on the interstate and told them don't, don't stop for three hours. But it is going back some years. But they're – you know, they did know that, that that was going on quite a bit down there. So at least the people that were picking up those type of loads knew that it was a possibility. So yeah, and awareness. Yeah, and it's not just, um, uh, oh, you said something that kind of rung a bell. Um, now I lost my train of thought. But, um, uh, oh, well, it'll come back to me. But it's not, it's not just uh, a lot of times during these cases, it's not just a matter of telling the driver, hey, we're taking truck thanks i mean sometimes these can be violent and often uh like we said well-educated sophisticated sophisticated criminals who have planned this well out i mean just recently a driver uh driver curled up to sleep in his cab after a cross-country trip to indianapolis and two uh two men uh wearing ski masks tossed him out of the truck beat him and drove off with his trailer full of liquor which was worth three hundred thousand dollars and um, an armored truck driver was shot during a robbery outside of southeast Houston, Texas, just a few weeks ago. Uh, shot multiple times during the robbery, but was in critical condition. Looks like he's going to uh, survive. And the two suspects got away with just a bag of cash. So that's a perfect example of just the economic crisis. Uh, but but did you hear about the huge theft of explosives out of Mexico just last week? No, no. I didn't come across that story. Yeah, I mean it 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 doesn't hardly make the news. I, I was surprised, but just last week, 18 tons of industrial explosives were stolen from a cargo container during a robbery. And uh in fact, thefts from cargo trucks on Mexico's highways increased 40% last year. But now luckily the explosives were recovered within hours, but the suspects were never caught last I heard. So sometimes this can this can be some Dangerous, dangerous stuff, but uh, cargo thieves are becoming more organized, more sophisticated, and uh, creating larger economic losses for businesses. And, and, uh, and you know, Barry, we all know the steps that trucking companies can take to help prevent cargo theft. I mean, they use a GPS tracking system. They have a training program for drivers. Uh, they can be uh, more strict on their hiring guidelines, doing investigating background and that kind of thing. But... But most of the things a company can do to help prevent cargo theft is really being done. But 
but uh, uh, I got to wondering where where is most of this being taken place? You know, where's you know we're talking about awareness again, and according to a recent study by the Chubb Group of insurance companies, they found over a three-year study that 52% of the cargo thefts occurred on a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday over the weekend. And uh, you mentioned truck stops a little bit ago. Truck stops and rest areas accounted for 39%. Uh, I hear somebody say dinner ready. Where would that come from? <laughs> you can't eat now, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know what I think? I think we have a bleed over from another show. <laughs> Dinner's ready. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of hungry. Maybe we, maybe we can hook up. What, what, what's their 800 number there? We can get today deliver. You know. Yeah, can you I, hear that? I, no, I'm not hearing it. I'm just busting. I'm telling them I'm partial towards Chinese food, okay? Oh. oh, you're oh you're not hearing that? Oh yeah, there was music playing and a commercial going, a little bleed over there, but um, it's not coming on my end. Yeah. Oh okay, well it's in my headset, so I thought well that was kind of exciting, but um, okay, truck stops and rest areas accounted for thirty nine percent, intermodal yards and ports came in at twenty seven percent, and uh, unsecured locations like drop yards, a motel, uh, parking your truck at a restaurant or a mall parking lot or parking along the street was at 25%. Uh, warehouse burglaries accounted for 6%, and hijackings represented only 3%. But I have to point out that this was done in the last part of 2008, and I want to reiterate that crimes against truckers are on the rise big time. Like we said, a 67% increase in 2009 over the previous year. So cargo theft is rising against truck drivers, and hijackings are rising. And and uh, but I also have to point out too that Barry, you mentioned it too a minute ago. Um, cargo theft is often committed by a truck driver and another employee working together. Uh, but this is where the company will have to have a more thorough investigative background check in place before hiring, uh, which takes me back to the point I mentioned earlier that these large mega trucking companies, especially, are already doing most of what they can do to prevent cargo theft and robberies, to protect their freight. But but what about the safety of the drivers? And, um, you know, you Barry, a minute ago, you mentioned something about an escort service? Yeah, there are, there are, uh, there was high-value high uh, seafood loads. I had a friend who hauled shrimp out of Miami, and uh, and he was actually getting getting escorted by, by another vehicle. They were following him until he got far enough up I-95 that they were sure that no one was tailing them and then turning around, but they had that it was that big of a problem that they that the company the shipper was actually doing that to to prevent any problems occurring at least close by. So, and they were giving them instructions. This is probably going back about five years, but they were giving them instructions to keep on rolling until you know at, at least a couple hundred miles just to to make well, sure. I, I had that happen once um, years years ago. Um, and again, our call-in number is three four seven eight two six nine one seven zero. If you'd like to be a part of the show, but um, one time years ago, I was an owner-operator for Allied Van Lines, and I was pulling a load of files and reports for the IRS, and it was all the evidence that the IRS had against this big crime guy that they were hauling into court, and I took it from San Antonio, Texas, to Washington D.C. and delivered it right to a, a federal building. 
And, you know, they, they provided an unmarked armed security escort for me all the way from Texas to D.C. And, wow. and, they, and they told me uh, to stop, to let my stops be very limited, which it was, <laughs> trust me. And so uh, I got to thinking when a driver is hauling a high-value shipment, which is a big target for hijackers, why not provide an armed security escort? That would be one way to really provide protection for the driver. But then I realized, well, with, with today's trucking and, and hauling cheap freight the way they do, I seriously doubt they're going to shell out the money for an armed escort, and the shipper or receiver won't either. But uh, that's one thing. That's one thing that could be done, uh, but, you know, I don't see it happening. And uh, I hear another commercial music playing in my ears. But but as these criminals are becoming more tech-savvy and GPS systems are easily broken into and disengaged, uh, although they are probably, it's probably still the best thing out there, but, but let's look at drivers, Barry. The companies may be using what means are available to help recover the stolen goods, or at least the truck and trailer, uh, but what more can be done to protect the driver? Because uh, uh, that that's such a uh, you know important issue here. Well, one thing we hit on earlier is just to be aware, pay attention, and and that thing you said about the fuel. I mean, if you know that you're hauling something that they might want, or even if you don't know, whatever it is that you're hauling, if you could at least ease on down the road a couple, two, three hours, you know, it, it, it'll dramatically reduce the chance that someone's tailing you. And you probably could know it by then. So, you know, pay attention. If you think someone's following you, you, you need to have a phone number that you could call. Obviously, 911 would, would work, you know. But uh, if, if you have a way of knowing, you know, alternative routes where maybe you could get off and say, is this guy following me, then you could call. Uh, Possibly between the driver and the company set up predetermined checkpoints, you know, like, hey, I'm here, I'm there. Uh, although they can track all that with the GPS, uh, know your route, know, know what it is that you're hauling, know if it's a high-value load, uh, let the dispatcher know the route that you're planning. And then, if they, you know, if they see the truck's supposed to be on I-75 and it's, you know, it's cutting across I-10, they might know that there's a problem if they're tracking you. And uh, there's safety in motion, so as long as you're uh, as long as you're going. So if you get into city traffic, I mean, a lot of common sense things would be lock the doors, you know, and, and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, when you're delivering, unlock the truck for as short a time as possible. When you you know uh, when you you do stop to rest, try to keep an eye on the thing. And, and uh, although I, I got to say, a lot of these, according to the data I got, are actually disappearing right out of the truck stop so i guess that's as secure a location as you can get i mean out of last year's instance 83 of them were directly out of truck stops so uh well yeah knowing knowing uh knowing where the highest uh, uh crime areas are and and truck stops uh and rest areas like i said accounted for 39 percent and uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the 52%. So it it all goes right back to being aware uh, of, um, you know, and a lot of times you'll see these trucks, they have nowhere to park. They're parked in the rest areas or alongside the street. Uh, but, you know, I don't, how, how do they get away from that? I mean, sometimes there's just nowhere to park. Yeah, and I mean, when you know, when I'm, 
cases of uh, you know dedicated runs don't stop at the same place every trip because you know potentially over time if they're if they're watching you know uh, where a certain load's going they they can set it up in advance you know so you might want to alter where you stop if 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 you're hauling that kind of load although really lot of drivers you don't know what you're getting on next so it it uh, you know the other the other thing that they do and this is something that's been going on for a while is they you know somebody's got a flat tire on the side of the road routine although most drivers are aware of that you know if someone's got a problem just call for help and keep on rolling you know you don't want to stop to help somebody unfortunately we used to be the warriors of the road we used to be the the guy that would help somebody a stranded motorist out but you just can't do that anymore you really can't you know well no i mean that's the that's another that's another mo that's being that's popping up too i mean uh, not too long ago uh, uh, a, a woman walked up to a driver at a truck stop and uh kind of lured him into the bathroom so to speak and uh, there was a guy who was uh, appeared to just be talking on the phone. Well, the two was in cahoots with one another, so she kind of lured him in, and then he came in and ended up uh, shooting and killing him and, and um, uh, robbing him and stuff like that. So it is a shame. I mean, we we did used to be the warriors of the road, but, you know, especially when you're running along uh, – through some of these areas, like between El Paso and Dallas, like that, and many other other areas and the uh, metropolitan areas that you know are high crime. Um, again, just being aware. I mean, you know, is is you you sure do would like to stop and help, but um, they could be hiding in the bushes. It's just it's just the world we live in today. Yeah, it's a tough situation, and you don't want to leave anybody stranded. But it, it, it's just, uh, you know, the way things are heading. You, you just got to think about your own safety. And, and well, honey, we got cell phones now, so it isn't like the old days where, where you know, where uh, you couldn't, you know, you kind of had to stop and push the lady out of the snowdrift, you know. And uh, now at least you can call, call for them. And so it's, it's really not a, a bad thing if you just keep on rolling. But yeah, mostly awareness is 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 the. the the best uh, prevention that you can have it's just focusing on what you're doing where you're at and hopefully the out of the truck stops out there stopping at the best one you can but i don't know if that's possible you got to kind of stop where there's a parking space mostly so well i i like the uh i always just uh you know that takes you to the idea of just you know plant you know pre-planning your trip which i always did and and i might have had to stretch it a little bit further but i like i'd like stopping at the uh the major truck stops like Petro and and uh, Flying J, because most of those now have the secured area. You know, it's awfully hard to get back uh, to get back there if you're not a driver. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a lot better going to a place that has a you know Flying J and them. I mean, they at least they have a, a reputation and they want you to feel safe. They want you to come back. So. You know, it's a lot about the old mom. Some of the old mom and pop ones were a little scary, you know. So, uh, as much as possible, yeah, stick with the ones with the big name and the big lit parking lot. Probably help. Well, um, other than the, I, you mentioned something about these companies that can track. I know there's one. I think it's called Freightwatch. Freightwatch.com, and they provide that service for trucking companies. Um, I don't know how many are on there. I think there's quite a few, but FreightWatch.com is a pretty huge service that will track and
and uh, and do this because if we get back to this es escort service uh, with the cheap freight we're hauling now, I just I just don't see anybody shelling out the money there. So ultimately, what's happening is um, even though we have the GPS system and everything, the driver is really pretty much just left on their own still. Yeah, I don't see that changing anytime soon. Um, there are companies out there, like you said, and the name that's popping in my head was Lojack Services, or it's something to do with Lojack. But they were offering some kind of pay program where they could get with the trucking company and give them ideas about how to protect their freight. And obviously, there's Lojack. There's all kinds of electronics involved. But I'm sure that whatever uh, whatever new technology you come up with, eventually you guys figure out how to shut it down. But there are. There are plenty of ways of hiding something where at least you could see where the trailer went and, and stuff like that. And, and, you know, hopefully catch the ringleaders at some point. But, but they, are, they, they are trying. Yeah, I mean, I mean there's, there's a lot of sophisticated equipment. I mean, the GPS system is probably the best route. But really, how often, how often are those drivers really being tracked, you know? Uh, you know, I, I just wonder about that. And... And they may be able to recover the freight, and at the minimum, might be able to at least recover the tractor trailer. But where's the safety of the driver come in in all this? I mean, they're still kind of left out there, hung to dry. Uh, so that's really the uh, the issue that that I'm more focused on. So let's um, let's let's look at the Second Amendment of the Bill of Rights because this is in the news today again. And uh, we're watching news out of California and Chicago based on the ruling that came down in 1982 uh, for the jurisdiction of Washington, D.C., which involved gun bans within the D.C. area. And um, D.C. thought that uh, they could do that because they were a federal enclave. So they thought that, you know, they could invoke uh, a gun ban. But the Supreme Court in March of '07 said, oh, no, you can't do that, because the Supreme Court earlier ruled that most, um, but not all of the pro protections of the Bill of Rights applied to Washington, D.C. as well, uh, as it applied to the states under the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment. So the ruling was upheld again for D.C. in June of 08. So when Chicago decided to put in gun to put in place uh, gun bans within their city, like Washington, D.C., tried to do, again, the Supreme Court said, nope, no can do. And it's the same thing for California. So that's going on in the news right now. So the good thing here is that the Supreme Court, which is ran and operated out of Washington, D.C., the federal enclave, is upholding the people's Second Amendment right. And part of what the Supreme Court stated in their ruling was uh where is it at i got it right here they said they said the second amendment protects an individual right to possess a firearm unconnected with service in a militia and to use that arm for traditionally lawful purposes such as self-defense within the home and so i got to looking at those words and I, so i want to throw out something there um some definitions of the word home and so home is defined as uh, some of the definitions, the place where you are stationed and from which missions start and end, and where you live at a particular time. Uh, another definition of home is an environment offering protection and security. 
relating to or being where one lives. And another definition of home, a valued place regarded as a refuge. So I say that these long-haul truckers living in a truck for months at a time, that truck can legally be defined as a home. So, <laughs> and, and I may be stretching it here. What do you think? It just sounded like home sweet home to me. I know lots of people that that is their home. It literally, quite literally, is their home. You, you know, some of these owner operators, they, they, I mean, they might not have a PO box somewhere, but I mean, that is their home. And you know, when you add to that, just think about it this way: if if you're talking about an armored car with a million dollars on it, those guys are all kinds of armed and and, and secured and, and things like that. And then you have a tractor trailer with. Uh, this one load, I don't know what the heck it was, $3 million worth of something on it that got stolen. So, you know, you would expect that a person should have a reasonable right to defend themselves when they have something that's worth $3 million in back of their head. That's pretty pretty good argument, and uh, the fact is that is their home. So, yeah, it sounds like your definition works for me. Yeah, well, that came uh, that came right from the ruling of the Supreme Court. So when a long-haul trucker is running the road for weeks and months at a time, um, should that truck be considered their home, thus providing them with the right of the Second Amendment to carry a gun for protection. And But then we get into the fact that, well, the companies have, they just all have this policy of, uh, you know, no guns allowed on the trucks. But it, it just appears to be such a, uh, a violation of their right. And with the, with the, the rising... We see, we're seeing this rising of crime and hijackings. I mean, we, I, I just pulled it up, and, I mean, you can find it very easily, drivers being robbed, being beaten, their, their cargo being stolen. Um, that would just open up uh, a whole other uh, can of worms, so to speak, uh, for the drivers to be able to arm themselves. But by by my understanding the second amendment should be allowed to do that but the company policies prevent them from doing so well you know i i strongly support them being able to do that uh but i i it's kind of a weird thing because somehow in people's minds the, the anti-gun people it's uh, going to create a problem that's not already there and the fact is is that cr criminals don't particularly get carry permits to begin with you know so, so the idea that all of a sudden it's going to be the Wild West out there, I, I don't think so. You, you know, I, I took training myself, and, you know, there, there, there are responsible ways to be trained and understand what you're doing. And if people were certified to, to carry, then so be it, you know. I, I, I'd rather see, uh, you know, a couple criminals not around anymore than, 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 than one truck driver. So... I mean, I think it's a pretty reasonable thing to allow someone who's and now, and I know like God, you've been in the big cities up in the northeast, same as me, and there's some places man, you know oh yeah i i could have I would have felt a little more secure to say the least, and you know the people that are there or i I deliver and delivering drugs picked up at a drug warehouse and they wouldn't even lay you on a warehouse I mean you back then you stayed in another room, and it was real 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 high security and uh and I knew it was on a truck, and so did they, and uh, it wasn't comfortable, you know, so I, I think that everybody should have the right to defend themselves, and you know maybe we need to stop looking at what's best for the criminals and look at what's best for the hardworking people out there because you you know you know if something does happen to you, it's just going to be a statistic you know and i don't I don't think it's fair to make anybody end up as a statistic so 
No, and the whole thing kind of backfired on Washington, D.C. when they did that gun ban because uh, D.C. said, you know, you don't have the right to own a gun in your own home to protect yourself. So ultimately what happened until the Supreme Court stepped in and overruled it was uh, nobody could law-abiding citizens couldn't have their guns. So what happened was uh, they ended up with no guns, but all the criminals ended up with the guns. So it, it really backfired on them. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually got shot at <laughs> years ago. I wasn't on the job. It's a long story, but the, that, the, that particular individual wasn't concerned about gun laws. I'll put it to you that way. And I, uh, well, I, I ran real fast. <laughs> uh, well, it, uh, we're up there in, uh, in when you were up there in Pennsylvania. Pardon me, uh, you're a little broke up. When you were up in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I was up in Pennsylvania. It's probably about 1982. Wrong, I was in the wrong place, the wrong time. Yeah, I was doing the, the John Wayne. You ever seen John Wayne do the I- Iwo Jima crawl? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, well, that that'll get your attention real quick. Yeah, it did. It did. But the, anyway, it turns out that the gun the fellow was using was uh, was uh, the, the serial numbers were they caught the guy, and then the serial numbers were scraped off it and what have you. So it did. That you can put all the gun laws you want out there, but somebody like that's going to do what they're going to do, whether you like it or not. So I really think that we need to be reasonable about protecting people's lives and protecting the honest people's lives more so than the criminals. Yeah. Well. Um... I just don't understand the Second Amendment right. I mean, I know the company has a right to invoke their own, you know, policies, and, uh, you know, there could be some problems that, you know, come out of it, but in light of these uh, crimes against truckers and and uh, the severity of it, and now it's on such a global scale, and, um, I, I mean, it's funny, a lot, a lot of these uh, hijackings are taking place out of the ports, and uh, you know the the rail yards and things like that, which you know we know is is a high activity for business. But uh, it just goes back to the fact again: the driver is just left unarmed and unable to defend themselves in these things. And uh, a lot of these things that we've been reading about, where the driver was uh, was injured or killed or beaten and the freight stolen, uh, I mean. Who knows? I mean, it could have been a different outcome if their Second Amendment right uh, was given to them. Yeah, and if you look at the statistics, the the people that are actually authorized to carry are not committing any crimes. That that's the crazy part about it. The people people with carry permits aren't showing up in the statistics at all. So it, it's kind of like what they're doing is restricting something that's actually not a problem. So. Anyway, I'm I'm all for it. It's actually legal, you know, according to the, what what I read. It's not legal. But the the problem is, is that it's legal under federal law, and then but each individual state and potentially, like you were talking about Washington D.C. or Chicago, you could go into an individual city with a different set of rules, and so that's that's the tough the tough part of it there. But by federal law, if the if the uh, weapon is uh, unloaded and locked, you, you can carry it in there. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 like I've always said. The problem comes from uh, the states that you're traveling through. I mean, I know like a, a a gun permit here in the state of Florida isn't recognized in Nebraska, for example. So, um, but but then again, overall, 
I still say it's just a violation of your Second Amendment right, and I think a lot of people agree with that. It is. It is. But like I say, it gets down to you know every local municipality, every state having having their own rules. And I, you know, it would appear the way that some of them are written. In fact, it is a violation. You know, I I know what the Florida laws are. Like I said, I went for training. I did the whole nine yards, and I know down here it's a it's the most reasonable place in the world. Uh, they they think that uh, the the persons. Right comes first, you know. And I don't know directly the trucking, but I've never heard any stories about him messing with anybody that's legally carrying, you know. So, but I think lots of none of the employers let you. So, I guess this is a mute point because you're liable to end up unemployed. But a lot of drivers. I was reading some posts last night. They said, "Well, I'd rather be alive and unemployed." So, but, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you know, well, when Florida brought that into play, uh, the right to carry. Um, Everybody was screaming. I remember years ago, everybody was screaming that, oh, it's going to be the wild, wild west, and uh, crime actually went down in the state of Florida once yeah, everybody but, was able to carry. Yeah, they, as a matter of fact, they put, uh, you may recall, they put billboards out on I-75 in Florida complaining about it. some some anti-gun organization from another state. I don't recall exactly what they said, but, you know, uh, you enjoy your trip to Disney, welcome to the wild west, or, you know, yeah. it's not... It, it wasn't anything positive. I, I think what's it called, the Castle Doctrine, or something along those lines, if I'm not mistaken. And, and uh, yeah, actually, in, in, in the uh, breaking to houses went down. A lot of things went down, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, well, I don't see it changing, but I think it should. What um, well, what other stats have you come up with? I mean, are your stats kind of matching up with mine as far as these uh, uh rates and crime going up? Yeah, yeah. What I came across the same information that you did that the, you know that the you know went up by. Uh, let me see here. I got it written down to sixty-seven percent uh, in one year. So that's massive. That, yeah, that, that's a that's a massive increase. And the, the other issue is is that what they're taking, you know, and, and it's getting getting to be like darn near anything. So it's uh, it's not looking good. They believe that you know it has a lot to do with the economy some of these cheaper loads that are being taken they're just easier to get rid of because you know it's just easier to get rid of a, a truckload of tuna than it is a bunch of vcr so they're uh well i think the uh i think the larger more sophisticated organizations are targeting the high the high-end things like the electronics and the pharmaceuticals and the and the you know the things like we're saying uh when there's when they're still in these twelve thousand dollars worth of freight uh that has to just be going back to the economic crisis that everybody's feeling in pension, and and they're getting desperate. And some uh, some get a little uh, you know slacked in it. But when you're talking about these organizations that are funding their their real business, like the drug cartel and all these kind of things, uh, they're aiming for the high dollar stuff, and uh, they don't have any problem, you know. Uh, taking that driver out. I mean, we're talking big money here, you know. Yeah, well, you mentioned those explosives. Boy, that put the creeps into me down in Mexico. I think anything like that, like, that's not something that you, you, you definitely have a destination for a load like that. So that's, that's, that's a scary one. Actually, in a five-day period in January, there, there was uh, <clears throat> three, three in five days, consumer electronics, uh, one with a load of paper, out of Illinois, and the other one was a load of reclining chairs. <laughs> so, so go figure. Mm. Well, those recli reclining chairs are expensive. 
I, I guess, but I just, just where do you sell them? Is it back in a truck stop or what? And New Jersey State Police, uh, their, their crime unit, their cargo theft unit said that they pretty much steal anything. And uh, 2009, 28 million in Jersey, and that's an 87 percent increase from 2008. So, it isn't, wow. you know, I, yeah, so it's some pretty serious numbers. It's not just, it's just not just not going to go away. I don't think, you know, and. Uh, the fact that they're willing to, to steal just about anything right now is, it, you know, a little scary. I'm, I, I think the more organized, uh, I, I don't have a breakdown on those numbers from Texas, but just the fact that there were so many, I thought, boy, this has got to be an organized thing. I'm, I'm betting those were some high-value loads there because somebody's got to be knowing what they're doing to get that money from one state. Well, yeah, and they have it all planned out, like we said before. I mean, this stuff is all being fenced, <laughs> and uh, uh, I mean, they, they're highly highly skilled in what they're doing. I mean, they they repackage it, they relabel it. Uh, they even, I mean, they even make their own bill of lading. So it's it's also something that could be very hard to detect. To uh, detect. Yeah, well, but you know, a lot of it, I, it it's got to be directly related to the economy, you know, and uh, unemployed people are, uh, you know, they they might be more inclined to look for a deal. I mean, you know, a lot of times people they don't necessarily know a thing's stolen. They just know it's cheap and you know so i i think that uh that unless we get our people back to work it's liable to increase even more this year well uh, i don't know see i'm still hearing music in my headset you don't hear that no no you've oh. been broke up a little bit you've been broke up a little bit but i haven't i haven't heard the the, the other uh any bleed over on, on my oh, i'm on a phone so i'm guessing just not hooked into the internet Oh well, nobody else is hearing it. I'm hearing it, but yeah, I'm 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 trying my Skype to Skype. I wanted to see how Skype to Skype works. So, uh, still breaking up a little bit, but but not too bad. It's been breaking up, but I don't know if it's coming across the whole internet that way or if it's just on my connection. But yeah, it's been broken up off and on. Well, see, it's that silly Skype to Skype. So, um, well, okay, we'll just plug along. But um, well, I didn't. Uh, the, some of the stats that you had looked at um, was the was the freight just stolen, or was the driver injured as well, or what what are, have you seen out there? Most of the increase is in trucks that are sitting stationary and not you know where the driver left uh, to take a shower. Uh, one one incident happened up in Hazleton, Pennsylvania, and that guy, apparently that guy was dragging doubles. That's the only thing I can figure. They said he dropped a trailer and went to make a delivery, so he must have took, took one unit and left the other. He came back, and his second trailer was gone. And, it, and that was Hazleton, Pennsylvania. It's parked about two hours north of Philadelphia there, and they found it in Palm Beach, Florida. So, wow. Yeah, so that thing took a trip. So, but for the most part, it's it's uh, places where trucks are parked. Sometimes the stores, you know, the trucks back in and, and, and drop a trailer. You know, people are just stealing those. Uh, in addition to uh, people sitting on the side of the road, but primarily the increase is not in hijacking type loads. It's uh, you know they just figured out how to hotwire a truck in a hurry and take off with it. So it's primarily just places that trucks would normally park where they're disappearing from. Yeah, well, that goes back to them just sitting and watching, and um, uh, that's that's one of the worst things a driver can do is to to uh, drop the trailer and you know bobtail somewhere to get a bite to eat because that's just uh, totally setting them up. And I know I know some companies don't even allow 
bobtailing. You have to stay hooked all the time, but uh, that's one of the biggest ways to set yourself up uh, for a hijacking is to drop that trailer. I see trailers dropped out here at the rest areas all the time, you know, going by out here on I-75, and I'm just thinking to myself, man, you know, set yourself up big time there. Yeah, yeah, well, I think, you know, they want to go to Walmart and fill up the refrigerator, so it's hard to, Walmart needs to stop putting them trees in the middle of the parking lot, we can end this, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I see. I see them all the time like that. Well, I think that's probably more the the random loads, you know. Just the next guy that drops a trailer, we're going to take it, you know. And and I I walked. I used to park at a park truck stop. I mean, it, it, they're padlocked. I mean, I'm assuming there's something on them. In some cases, the reefers running, so you got to imagine there's a load on those trucks. So that's that's a pretty obvious one. What about those uh, kingpin locks? Did, are you familiar with those? I know they exist. Oh yeah. I've never used one. Yeah, I'm wondering. I guess a professional would be able to figure out a way around that thing, but that would stop the rookies. Well, you know, that's just it. Going back to the sophistication part, I mean, I've never used them. I've seen them, and they're supposed to work real well, but uh, they figure things. They figure out how to ground those things. You know, I've never used one of those locks, but, you know, I'm sure they're being used, but... Um, it just all goes back to being aware again, and the, and the best thing to do is just don't drop the trailer at all. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that that's the obvious solution to it. I'm surprised that they're so good at stealing the tractor, but they they just uh, the, the organized, the, the really organized crime guys, they just have people that are professional at getting the truck started, and that's the end of that. So, you know, you walk out there, you're, everything's gone. So I, I don't know what you could do about a thing like that, really, beyond keeping an eye on your truck. And, and, and maybe if there's... Uh, <clears throat> Somebody around that can watch it for you, but I, we could say, what are you going to do? It probably takes them all five minutes. They're real good at what they do. So. Yeah, well, really, here's the bottom line. You want to talk about hijackings and stealing trucks and trailers. Here's the bottom line. You know, we can just be honest here. If somebody wants to steal that truck and trailer, they're going to steal it. That's all. That's all that boils down to. I mean, if they, if if I wanted to go out here and steal the rig, you know, I I could steal the rig. I'd make myself armed. And I'll have I'll have it planned out. And if somebody really if somebody is really determined to steal that load, they're going to steal that load. And um, again, it just goes all back to safety of the driver. I mean, companies have insurance for this freight. They have the GPS tracking system. They can recover that freight. Sometimes, many times, they'll recover their truck and trailer. But the safety of the driver seems to me to not be that important. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, I don't think it's on the top of the list, actually. <laughs> you know, I, and uh, uh, other, than, other than allowing themselves to arm themselves, um, which is, a, you know, your Second Amendment right, it's a tough call. You know, I mean, I know drivers do, um, but... You have to be trained. I mean, if these are sophisticated professional criminals, um, that weapon could be taken away from you and used against you. I mean, it, it's a tough call. This is a tough, tough situation to talk about, but uh, I don't know if anybody really has the answers. And, and you've looked into it more, too, where uh, it's not just the U.S., it's global. You were looking at uh, where over in Europe and everywhere else that it's even higher higher elsewhere than here in the U.S. 
Yeah, it actually looked like it was a bigger problem there, and uh, and I didn't didn't take the time to read through all that because I thought, well, you know, is somebody from Germany going to be listening? Then I find out that somebody from Germany's listening today. So hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we we actually have a lot of uh, have a lot of listeners on the line, and um, uh, I guess they're just listening. But we, I mean, we also know we have a lot of drivers that are driving, and you know, they're listening and really not able to talk, but. Um, we got a lot of response from people uh, in Europe that, are, you know, said, hey, we're going to be listening. And that's where I saw, too, um, one message came across from Europe um, uh, that it's a, it's a huge problem. I think it may be a bigger problem there than it is here. Yeah, it looked like it is. It, it looked like it is. I was started to read a couple of articles. But I remember Germany, and I want to say Belgium, and uh and a couple different places over there, but yeah, they were talking about a major increase, and they were very concerned. And uh, like I said, I wasn't thinking about uh, foreign listeners today. I would have done a little bit more research on that. But I, their economy is tanking too, so you know, people just are people that wouldn't necessarily normally do a thing like that. Maybe they would if they need. So, you know, yeah, it's a concern. It's it's, it's global. It's a global thing, and some of the crimes are becoming more violent. But I think overall, though, from what I can tell, most of it is occurring while the driver is away from the truck. They're being watched. They go to the shower, like you said. I think the large majority is that is that is where it's taking place. It, it is. It is. As far as the increase, you know, the organized. Uh uh, rings are, you know, they've been around. It's not something new with them. It's just that the frequency. Uh, they well, one of the things that mentioned, one of the things the FBI mentioned is that there's simply a bigger market for the goods that they're taking as well. You know, just that due to economic situation, that people are more inclined to, you know, buy something cheap, and uh, it's I guess it's easier for them to get rid of this stuff. So, I, uh, you know, but 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 for the most part, it's just a matter of places that we all go. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what what more can uh what what other things more that can can a trucking company do? I mean, they have the GPS system. They have well, I mean, I read where they have training programs involved uh for drivers, but personally in 32 years, I've never I've never been in a training program. Have you? A training program for how to prevent uh theft? Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I mean, it's done so much reading, and do, did I ever have a specific program regarding safety? No. I, the only program with the freight companies was count the boxes when they're putting them on, things of that nature. It wasn't anything about, hey, how to keep yourself safe. No, I haven't. Well, you know uh, when you're, do you know when you're in the most danger of uh, being robbed? When no. you're When you're loading and unloading. Really? Yep. Yep, that's that's the highest risk. That's the highest moment of risk of being robbed is during unloading and loading. Well, I, actually, that day I told you I had a case of the nerves with that loaded drugs. That was an LTL load to a place without a freight dock. So I, I was dropping the boxes down at the, one of those roller coaster looking things they use yeah. down, down into a basement, and the, the local uh, it just wasn't a good place, you know. Yeah, that's that's where, uh, and again, that goes right back to awareness. So, uh, let's get a caller here on the line. Here, um, caller from area code five one two. 
Uh, go ahead. You're live on the air. Yes. Good afternoon. Thank you. Um, enjoying your show. Um, I just wanted I just wanted to add a few things. Um, we're a company that's uh, not new to the industry, been around, but the company's name is You Follow It. And to offer something to the drivers, we have a small intelligent freight tracker that could be held in the palm of your hand, but placed in with the freight when it's loaded, so that if, if it is stolen and they take it off the truck, they don't realize that they've got another GPS tracker in there with the freight, as opposed to a Qualcomm or PeopleNet or SkyBits type of unit, which they normally disable. So yeah, that, I've, I've that's heard one of that. Kind, that's one of the kind of things that I think that gives a little bit more um, mitigation of the risk to the shippers to to basically know that they can actually apprehend the criminals and get their freight back as opposed to having to file the claims and tell their shipper that they lost the freight, disappoint the consignee, and then have to go back and uh, get more products to replace that stolen load. And another thing that we're working on is, is just to your point, most of these things are happening at truck stops. And if you can place a device on the truck that can alert the driver when he's inside, if the truck is moving away from the facility, that's another good thing that will actually take a proactive step to alert and notify folks that the freight is, you know, possibly in a stolen state or a theft is in the process of occurring and therefore address that right then and there as opposed to hours later when you don't know which direction it actually took off. Now that device, that that's a device you're working on now? Or no, no, already... we, 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 ha we have the device. Okay. Uh, again, the company's name is You Follow It. That's the letter U, followit.com. It's called the Intelligent Freight Tracker. It's a, okay. it's a battery-powered unit. It lasts up about 10 to 12 days. You can ping it as much as every 15 minutes. It provides a breadcrumb trail to the shipper, the consignee, the carrier, any of the folks that are involved in the supply chain management of that product from the point of the shipper to the consignee. So okay. this, this uh, device that you're talking about, sir, that would be embedded into the load itself? It could be. It, 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 we help a lot of folks who have those targeted freight that you're talking about. You know, copper, we can put it inside PVC and bury it with the copper and uh, put it in a, an, I, an iPhone box. It can be put inside a, a carton of cigarettes. Uh, and it's very difficult when these guys take this freight off to try to go through every box to try to find a small little handheld device that's basically telling the law enforcement, telling dispatchers, telling people exactly where the freight is so that they can actually send law enforcement to take that next action. Wow, wow, that that's a great idea. Yeah, so they wouldn't necessarily know it's in there. That'd be a big deterrent because if they got if you got a load, you don't know if, if you're going to get caught, and they don't want to get caught. Also, additionally, uh, uh, with the uh, time frame involved, like you said, if someone moves a truck, could could that be tied in? You know, as far as the tractor itself, could that be tied into you know alerting them on a beeper type device or a cell phone or anything like that? Yes, yes, that's what you would do. Yeah, we, we work on a lot of different products. In other words, another thing we do is we use a lot of smartphone technology to transmit all the paperwork that is used in the freight shipment industry so that as soon as you deliver goods out there to a consignee, most people usually make their way back to a truck stop, scan it, put it in some sort of a package, send it back. But now you can do it with a smartphone, and you can transmit that bill of lading within minutes of the delivery so that you can start that invoicing process. The drivers can get paid faster. The shipper can invoice the consignee, and, and so on and so forth. 
All right. Well, I like that. I like that better than GPS. But, I mean, when you combine that with a GPS, you're just doubling it. Uh, where's, uh, let's see, youfollowit.com, right? Yes, sir. And where, uh, where are you all out of? We're out of Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. We, okay. we, just, got, we just came back from the Truckload Carriers Association. Uh, we were d- displaying our products out there. Had a lot of you know good feedback from folks out there. Uh, we have a number of folks that are currently using our products today. The one thing about the use of the product, which is kind of a, I was hesitant to maybe get on the phone and talk about it, because uh, to a certain degree, we don't want to educate the thieves here. Right. We, we uh, really want to try to educate the drivers. But on the same in the same case, you, you definitely want to prevent the things that you guys are absolutely addressing, which is really important, and that is to deter the amount of freight that's occurring out there and to give a greater level of safety. We Our devices work in Mexico as well, and so believe it or not, they're not only putting it with the freight, but they're also putting one with the driver because they're concerned about their drivers being kidnapped. Right. So again, this is this is about the size of two dominoes. If you were to put two dominoes together, to give wow. you a perspective as to the size, they Man. have twelve. They have twelve volt inlines. If you want to do trailer, um, we have folks that put them behind, um, let's say the the glove box in the truck, and they put them in line with twelve volts. So that means they stay charged all the time. But a lot of the folks do just basically put it inside with the freight. So that when the shipper, and one of the things is the shipper, when the shipper does this, he doesn't have to rely upon any transportation company to tell them where their freight is in transit. They know where yeah. it is because they have a website that they can go to and see the complete breadcrumb trail from the time it left their dock to the time it arrived at the consignee's location. Ah, wow, that's excellent. Yeah, and I like we, that. We lease the devices for as little as $29.95 a month. See, there you go. I mean, how cheap is that? Yeah, and I mean, we don't even we don't even want you to have to go out there and have to buy or outlay the capital to, to purchase one because technology is moving so fast. We would rather work with companies to uh, share this technology to give them a higher level of um, security and knowing that that freight is going to arrive without all the other concerns that you have. And you can and you mentioned it pretty directly in your conversations earlier. Texas has got you know a pretty high rate here, mm-hmm. and I would guess that you're absolutely right. There's a lot of organized crime, so you don't want to put the truck driver in peril with regards to trying to chase after his freight. You'd right. rather just pick up the phone and have them call one of our control centers, and we can we can actually turn that pinging on that device all the way down to every minute if you want, for the purposes of giving law enforcement the ability to know exactly where that truck is. Well, that's amazing. So you you would have obviously a, a twenty four twenty four hour kind of an emergency telephone number that the trucker could call, so you'd be on top of it real fast. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and again, again, the the companies that work with us, they have the ability to control it every fifteen minutes. But but again, you, you really want to to work with those folks to give them a higher level of uh, comfort with regards to knowing that your services are working on their behalf to make sure that that load which is, you know, real important to get to the consignee, it actually does make its way there. Yeah, well, that's, well, that's great. Well, hey, I appreciate you calling in and letting us know. I mean, 29 bucks a month, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, that's pennies. That's nothing. I mean, to your point, whenever you consider the cost of some of the freight that's loading up, oh, whether yeah. it's pharmaceuticals or flat-screen TVs or, oh, or yeah. even, you know, like, like you mentioned, I heard somebody mention that a truckload of Barbie dolls was a million dollars. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> th- those are the kinds of things that, you know, sometimes there's blind loads, right? And you don't know what's in the back end of your truck, but many times you do because of where you're picking up. Right. Oh, so yeah. it, it's it's pretty obvious. And, I, and to your point, I was driving to work today, and I was noticing the back end of trucks, and you can tell a lot of the seals that are on the back end of the doors, mm-hmm. those are almost signals to some people as well. Definitely. So you would rather have potentially additional technology that could be utilized to combat these kinds of things as opposed to announcing to the world that, you know, I've got some expensive freight because you can tell the seals that are on my doors, you know, they're not supposed to be opened, right? Right. And then there's other devices that are coming out to where if the the back end of the doors are opened up, the devices, you know, have light sensitivity. So it'll know that the doors were open and it can send a signal right away, right at the time the doors are opened. Wow. We don't we don't sell that particular device, but there are a number of companies that you know out there in the industry that are working on that. All right. Well, well, hey, I appreciate you calling in and sharing that. That that's uh that's that's excellent. I appreciate your call. Well, thank you very much. I, I enjoy the conversation because I, I learn a lot uh, being a technology type of person. I've been working in the industry for the last three to five years. And I've gained a lot of experience by participating and listening in, whether it's this type of show or Road Dog or really getting the feedback from the drivers as to all the points you've made. You're, you guys are right on track. And my, my hat's off to you for bringing these points up and giving you know companies like ourselves and others the opportunity to share what type of technologies could maybe help them as well. Yeah, well, we appreciate it. Hey, what's that website again one more time while you're on? It's it's www.u, as in the letter U, followit.com. Okay. Okay. Great. So, F-O-L-L-O-W-I-T.com. All right. Well, well, thanks again. Really appreciate it. That's good information. Well, well thank you, and I'll continue to listen. All right. Thanks a lot. Uh, yeah, I like that, Barry. Uh, and I'd heard of that, and I'd totally forgotten about it, but come on, 29 bucks a month? I mean, Companies can't shell that out for the safety of drivers. And again, you know, that gets back to the point where the driver, you know, if they're if they're ever tackled like that, you know, don't fight back. That freight's not worth it. Just hand them the keys and let them take it. Because if you've got a little device like that, uh, you know, they're going to get caught. That's uh, I like that. That was a good call. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy he called in because it's giving me hope. I was getting depressed, you know. I'm like, well, where are you going? And if these people are going to follow you, what are you going to do? That, that's actually, you know, I thought about that because of, uh, you, you know, from watching one too many spy movies, you know, and the, and the guy gets the, the, the ransom and they got a, a, a pinger in the, in the briefcase, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And, and I thought, well, there should be some kind of technology like that, but at 29.95 a month, I never dreamed like that. And I thought, well, you know, if there's something the CIA has, maybe it's a hundred thousand dollars, and you can't put that on every load. But that—that's amazing because there's no way to find it in a load of freight. And if it's getting pinged right through the trailer, then God, oh yeah, you know, they, that maybe potentially could be tied into the GPS system, or if, you know, also because he said, well, obviously they're already tracking the load with their GPS, but if it goes off route. Oh yeah. Reason. Well, that just yeah. adds, that just adds double security. But um, okay, another caller, area code six zero six. Go ahead, you're on the air. That would be me, Alan. I'm Danielle, or Trucker Strike 08. Oh, how are uh, you doing? Doing okay. I forgot about the show with everything going on. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's all I right. I was calling in. We have had a tanker stolen. Um, 
we've had chains stolen off the trailer where we've had it towed in to have it repaired in shops and everything else. So basically, if it can happen, it happens to us. <laughs> yeah, well, have you ever had um, uh, dr- any drivers assaulted or injured or anything? Or, or are you saying that it's mostly just, you know, they're waiting for the driver to slip away and then they make their move? Whenever, okay, the trailer was, whenever the trailer came up missing, it was parked at the truck stop with a kingpin lock on it. But everybody knows you can knock those off real easy. Mm. And then yeah. with the chains coming up missing, the actual, the place where we took it to have it repaired, um, stole the chains, the binders, the straps, the whole nine yards. They stripped it. And then wow. whenever Lee was actually getting loaded or um, waiting to get fuel up in Cumberland, Maryland, um, he had a driver approach him with his hand in his pocket and tell him to give him all of his money while he was sitting in the truck waiting to get fuel. Wow. And wow. so Lee looked at him. He said, you might have a gun, but he said, I do. And he reached over in the passenger seat, grabbed his gun, and put it in the guy's face. And he took off. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if I'd recommend that often, but <laughs> but no. I guess in, in some cases it would work. But his hand may have been in the pocket, but, you know, how, how do you know? I think if somebody really has a gun, they're pretty much going to you know, show it to you and let you know. But I'd be showing it. Yeah, I think I would be too. But then again, you know, that's where the risk comes in. You know, what? Uh, you know, I always like to just think, you know, the freight's not worth it. You know, just let them have what they want. When your tanker was, when the tanker was stolen, was uh, what was it loaded with? Um, <laughs> pig guts. Ooh. Oh man! Well, I bet that guy got a big surprise. <laughs> I loved it. I've never laughed so hard in my entire life. When he oh, called, he was like, "My tanker's been stolen." I said, "Shut up! You're stupid. Whatever." He said, "No, it's gone. The cops are here and everything." I was like, "Oh dear God!" <laughs> oh man! I bet that guy when he opened that tanker and saw pig guts, boy, <laughs> what are you going to do with that? It was in the middle of summer. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Probably about ninety to hundred degrees. So, and it was pretty. It was nasty. I mean, we'd come home and he would smell like it sometimes too. And I was like, "Throw your clothes away. Let me burn them. Whatever." Now, is is this your is this your company or the the company that you're you're with? The company that Lee is with. Okay. Now, do do they have any kind of program? We were talking earlier about programs uh, to educate drivers to to be more aware of what to look out. Do they have anything like that? Mm, no, I've never actually heard of a company, and I've dealt with a lot of them um, that had that, like the safety programs to tell you what you're supposed to do and not to do. Mm-hmm. No. No. Yeah, that's my point. In 32 years, I've never seen it either, but uh, uh, that's something that probably needs to be implemented. So, um, wow. Even like a class or whatever, just add like a 30-minute section on an orientation when somebody hires in, you know? Well, at least at least establish some kind of guidelines. I mean, even if it's just telling the driver, don't fight back, give them the keys, give them what they want, but some kind of guideline, you know, I would I would like to see. And I'm sure some companies have it, but... Uh, not all companies, I know they don't. I can do some research for you, too, and see what I can find out for you. Okay. Yeah, that'd be great. And, I mean, even if it's like a little newsletter memo type thing, you know, like insert a little column into your newsletter, some companies give out monthly ones or annual ones or whatever, I mean, yeah, it would Just, be worth it. Oh, yeah, something, you know, especially for these newcomers to the industry who, uh, you know, uh, 
a lot of these young kids coming in here and they're still in the phase of thinking, you know, well, you know, all is right with the world, but when they're thrown out there in, in reality, uh, you know, that's just not the case. We see it every day going on. You know, it's, it, it, it can be a dangerous, uh, dangerous vocation very often. Mm-hmm. So Exactly right. Well, all right. Well, thanks. I appreciate you calling in. Not a problem. I'll go ahead and continue on listening. If you guys need anything, I'll still be on here. All right. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks, and bye-bye. Uh, boy, Barry, can you imagine being a thief and uh, getting away with your pot of gold and opening it up and it's pig guts? I, I was thinking about a, a friend of mine had a load of uh, uh, rotten eggs on a tanker, and he was describing what that smelled like when he opened a hatch. And I thought, I think pig guts will win the race. Did Did she mention if if, uh, if that trailer was ever recovered? Uh, uh, I don't know. Let me get her back on here and see. Uh, uh, hey, did you hear? Was the trailer ever recovered? No, it was never found. I think they stripped oh. it, to be honest with you, because it had copper or whatever in it, too. Oh, yeah, I think you said cold, that. To keep it cold. So, yeah. Because it disappeared within, like, 30, 45 minutes. Yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. They will strip that down. Yep. Huh. Probably ended did up in Mexico. A, did that tractor, was there a tractor on that, or that was just a trailer sitting loose? No, he had his kingpin lock on it. Oh, kingpin lock, kingpin lock. Okay, so, yeah, we had been talking about that earlier, so... Are not secure. I mean, I can knock one off with a hammer, and I'm like 115 pounds unpregnant, you know? <laughs> really? I, I always wondered if they worked. I know I see they sell them as a truck stuff, so I never knew if they worked or not, but I guess not. You can knock them off with a hammer very easily. Probably about five or six good licks, and you're good to go. Wow. Off with your trailer. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'll keep that in mind if I change occupations anytime soon, okay? Well, he's like, he's put the king pin lock on there and forgot what he did with his key. He lost it. So we've had to be, knock him off with a hammer and just go on. Oh. They're oh, only well, like they... $17, I think, 20 Yeah, they're not much. Well, well there's 6,000 gallons of pig gut somewhere laying in a pile, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, there's somebody <laughs> laying in it dead from the smell. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again. I appreciate it. Um, Thank you. Uh-huh. Uh, Take care, and um, yeah, well, that's something else. But um, well, we're just about out of time. About 12 minutes here remaining. Um, uh, thanks to everyone for joining us this evening, and we looked as we looked at uh, crimes against truckers. Hope you enjoyed the show, and and uh, be sure to bookmark us and add us to your favorites at BlogTalkRadio.com/slash/truthabouttrucking and. And uh, join us at our blog at askthetrucker.com. And the best way to keep informed and up-to-date on our upcoming shows is uh, to sign up for our free newsletter at truthabouttrucking.com, where we continue our fight to raise the standards of the trucking industry. Uh, 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 let me get oh Donna here. I think Donna has um, opened up her mic here. Uh, Donna, you have, you have a few announcements you wanted to make, right? Yeah, I have some. Hi, everybody, and thanks for being on the show. I just wanted to remind everybody that um, there is the iPhone trucker application out there. Um, Alan does um, upload uh, all of these shows, or most of them anyway, uh, to the media section of that application along with the videos. And then there's that driver's resource page on there that... um, everybody seems to, to like with all the mileage calculator and, and all the and Jack and Jason's Law and everything, you know, else on that driver's resource page. 
The other thing I wanted to bring up is there's a couple of um, fairly new websites there that we've joined. Uh, the first one is um, a social website. Uh, it's, got, it's great. It's, it's got a forum, chat, blogs, videos, music, events, and it's the um, it's called American Trucking Network. Ning.com, and uh, you can you can go there again. American Trucking Network. Ning.com. If you just type in Google American Trucking Network, that comes up, and uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Just look around. What I want to talk about is a new one from Dana Stanley and Donna Creekmore, and if you remember, those names probably sound familiar to you because during the Arrow Trucking Crisis. Uh, these two gals stepped up to the plate and uh, did marvelous things, uh, bent over backwards, went without sleep, got sick to make sure these drivers uh, were were able to get back home um, from being stranded. And that was on uh, December 23rd of this last year. Uh, their new site is roadproservices.com. And this is a, a very secure uh, site which is only for CDL holders, drivers, or their spouses. Um, I'm going to read to you something she wrote me because she can say it better than I can describe it. Uh, the purpose of the portal is to give commercial drivers a place to connect and share information without fear of retaliation from their company or any entity within the transportation industry. Um, drivers are facing many problems within the industry. No one knows the scope of any given problem because the industry does not collect, review, or investigate on behalf of the driver. And we all know what that's all about. Um, this site is discuss the problems and create solutions and create a level playing field. It creates a system of checks and balances within the industry. Excuse me, and this is a long-waited for uh, a site we've we've joined, and we hope you all can look at it. It's RoadProServices.com, and again, thanks Dana and Donna Creekmore for that. And okay. I think that's about it, Helen. Okay. Well, yeah, those are good. Those are good sites, and uh, uh, okay, good. That'll do it. And. Um, Okay, yeah, check out those sites. They're very good sites, and uh, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. It needed to be mentioned. So uh, about seven minutes here down. So, uh, hey, Barry, um, uh, thanks for joining me on the show. A lot of good information, and uh, uh, appreciate you being here. Uh, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you, Alan. I have to see you face-to-face one of these days, huh? Yeah, I know, one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> keep, keep meeting on the Internet. But, uh, yeah, thanks for the invite, and uh, let's do it again sometime, okay? Oh, we will. We will. We'll be, we'll be booking up more shows on there, and uh, this was an important show I wanted to get out there. I appreciate all the callers and uh, and uh, trucking companies. Listen up. Youfollowit.com, twenty nine ninety five a month. Uh, uh, that that I, uh, That's just something that – everybody should be doing uh, just uh, double security for the driver and your trailer and your freight we're talking about millions of dollars of freight so uh, check that out youfollowit.com that was a uh, great information so again thanks everybody for joining um, have you heard about Jasmine Jazzy Jordan um, 
She's a 16-year-old running across America for the St. Christopher Trucker Fund. Uh, just an amazing young lady doing an amazing thing for truckers and for those without uh, medical insurance. So uh, I would also suggest uh, check out her site at runwithjazzy.com, J-A-Z-Z-Y, um, a great cause that you can get involved with and help this remarkable young lady make her run across America 16 years old, making a big statement for truckers and those without medical insurance. Just a, just an amazing young girl. So runwithjazzy.com. And uh, also check out thekeystruckers.com. Um, it's a blog sharing the adventures of veteran drivers Jim and Jan McCarter. And Jan is a uh, accomplished singer-songwriter. And you can find their songs at their site, the Keys Trucker. Uh, thekeystruckers.com, and each download is only 99 cents, but here's the great part about this. Every download, 25 cents of every download goes to the St. Christopher Trucker Fund in honor of Jazzy Jordan, uh, this young 16-year-old girl running across America. So check that out. It's a great site, and um, uh, we'll call it a call it an evening. Thanks everybody in the chat room, everybody listening, our callers. Uh, always appreciate you joining us here on Truth About Trucking Live, the premier trucking talk show here on Blog Talk Radio. Um, and uh, and speaking of Jan McCarter, uh, here she is with one of the tunes you can download from their site called Dragon My Wagon. Uh, so be sure to check out their site at thekeystruckers.com and download their songs. And 25 cents goes to uh, Jazzy Jordan for her run across America. So a lot of things going on in the trucking industry, truckers coming together and helping one another. I hope this uh, show has been informative and helpful, and I really hope the companies will look at this youfollowit.com and uh, shell out a measly $29.95 a month to help uh, – with this crimes against truckers. So uh, appreciate everybody being here. Barry, thanks again. Uh, all our callers and listeners um, around the world, uh, all through Europe, uh, everybody contacted us from various countries saying, hey, we're going to be listening. Thanks for doing the show. Uh, we're here for you. This is your show, and I always appreciate you being here. So uh, we'll leave you here with Jan McCarter of the keystruckers.com, bagging my wagon. Uh, thanks, everybody. We'll see you again on Truth About Trucking Live. I'm Alan Smith, so until next time, drive safe, and thanks for listening.
Jan McCarter with uh, the keystruckers.com. Can you believe that that's a trucker? <laughs> a great voice, great song. Check it out at the keystruckers.com website. Each download will help Jazzy Jordan run across America. And um, we like to uh, share the talents of truckers across America right here on the show. So appreciate her giving us her permission to uh, to play that song. So 30 seconds remaining. Uh, Truth about trucking live here on Blog Talk Radio. Thanks again for joining and tuning in. Appreciate everybody. Have a great evening, and we'll be posting up our shows more on uh, Blog Talk Radio. And look forward to having you here next time. So thanks again, everybody. Have a great night, and we'll see you next time right here on Truth About Trucking Live, the premier trucking talk radio show for Truth for on uh, Blog Talk Radio. I'm Alan Smith. Thanks again, everybody. Be safe.